Hello and welcome to Show Me The Podcast, an entertainment podcast hosted by two chalk and cheese best mates. I am your host, Lorraine, and I am joined here by my co-host, Harry. Hello. Hello. And uh, I guess we should say uh, Happy New Year. <laughs> yes. It's our yes. Uh, first one since um, after Christmas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so why don't you tell them what film we're doing, Harry? The lovely film to ease us into the, the new year. <laughs> Oh yeah, this is a really, really jolly movie. Um, when the rain pitched it at me, I was just like, "Mate, that's really positive," you know, uh, film to enter in the new year with. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I am happy to tell you that we are going to be discussing David Fincher's Seven. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was trying to think of something that was like really positive about it. Brad Pitt's hot. Oh, he's so hot. So Let's hot. just get that out. <laughs> um, but yeah, but before we get into that, um, what have you been doing since over the Christmas and New Year? <laughs> well, I initially planned to do a lot over Christmas I mean I plan to be very productive um yeah and that went out the window really <laughs> it always does doesn't it yeah but I'm I was talking to my mate Hannah about it and I'm I don't feel bad about not being productive I I have to say I was really lucky in that I had a really nice like Christmas break it was very relaxing I just Bitch. I read <laughs> sorry <laughs> That's uh, is that a bit of insight into what you're going to be saying? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I I had a relaxing time. I went, uh, I read a lot, I walked a lot. We had a lot of snow where I am, so I played a lot in that. And uh, yeah, what about you? Um, well, I didn't really have a break because obviously I've got Riley, so me and Dev didn't really get any uh, any time. But it was a nice enough Christmas, quiet, but it, it wasn't relaxing. And then, obviously, oh. I was looking forward to um, her going back to school. Yeah. And then, obviously, she didn't. So, um, yeah. So, it's just been chaos. <laughs> so, you're on the homeschooling train. Yeah. And uh, I, I said to her, um, right now, Riley, we'll be doing some homeschooling. And she went, it's okay. I already know it all. <laughs> <laughs> Who does she sound like? <laughs> And we tried to, because she was um, poorly all week last week, and we didn't really get the stuff until the end of the week. We thought we'd try and do some with her today, and that did not go. She just wouldn't do it. Oh, really? Yeah, so I'm going to try again tomorrow, But because um, I'm working as well, obviously, and so is Dev. Um, but yeah, it's quite, uh, it's quite, it's going to be challenging, mm. you know. But, you know, I, I'll just get, I'll just do what I can do. That's all I can do. That's it, isn't it? You just, yeah, you can only do what you can do. Exactly. So, uh, but yeah, you've got quite a cute setup, though, haven't you? With her, you both at you're at the same desk. Yeah, I moved stuff into the sitting room because Dev's usually his computer was in the kitchen, or he goes upstairs. Um, so I thought I'd just move down here, and then that way I can still do work while she's here. You know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it kind of went okay last week, but I think it was because she was poorly and just wanted to lie on the couch all day. Mm. So next week might be um, might be a different a different story, and I can't even get out to get any alcohol. Because I were isolating for ten days until next Friday. <laughs> Still, I, I, I mean, I drink with you, and I drink. I, I, I like I said before, I'm an occasion drinker. But um, recently, I've really been enjoying drinking. Are you drinking now? Oh yeah, I got myself a gin and tea. Uh, gin and tea. Gin and tea. There we go. Gin tea. I got myself some but, wine and there's prosecco in there. <laughs> nice but yeah no like on uh tuesday <laughs> second day into working <laughs> i was just like i'm gonna drink some of my dad's slow gin that he gave us over christmas and i had <laughs> three large glasses and i was like buzzing <laughs> and alec was like you do know it's tuesday and i was just like he gives a shit these days <laughs> that's what deb would say to me he goes it's tuesday i'm like and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. when we were going into um like you know not isolation but because obviously we didn't know at the time but when we were going into lockdown I just said to him I was like you're not to say one thing about how much wine I drink because <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't drink so uh yeah you know and he goes I won't I won't <laughs> I've been um I've been craving so just before um 
this lockdown was announced, I went and had some drinks because um, I was in tier two with my friend Claire and I had like this thing called a Negroni. And at first I was just like, oh, this is so bitter. But then, oh my God. I know. It's just freaking delicious. And ever since, I follow this stunt man on um, Instagram called Life of Riley. And, hmm. Oh, uh, I know him, yeah. Yeah, and he um, he he like is a fan of, ne- of a Negroni. And today he did like that, you know, ask me questions thing. And so many of the answers revolved around Negronis. And I was just like, <gasps> you know, you're just like desperate for the taste. <laughs> I love the way um, you say, which is what everyone does now. You're like, oh, and I went for a drink with my friend. I'm in tier two. It's like, I know, oh, I went it's... and met my friend. We socially distanced. <laughs> <laughs> I know, the language. I find it, I do genuinely find that part of this whole thing really interesting about how language is changing mm. and how like terms are becoming the norm and stuff i find i think that's mm. really interesting it's horrible yeah. obviously because of the situation yeah. but yeah like you say like it's just normal to say to to put in there i'm in this tier i mean tears man like this time last year we weren't even like that wasn't a thing do you know what i mean oh god yeah because it was march wasn't it yeah jesus yeah cool Anyway, oh, we're bringing back this segment. Yoo-hoo! And that segment is... <laughs> Remember, dear listeners, you probably didn't hear it here first. On the record and not so hush-hush, Lorraine's entertainment news. So, um, Chris pa- uh, Pratt um, accidentally announced that he's going to be in the Thor film, Love and Thunder. He was on an Instagram chat with, of all people, Tom Holland, and he actually said it and Holland because like Tom Holland is well known for saying things he shouldn't so they don't really tell him anything yeah. and uh, he was basically like oh was I not supposed to say that oh well they all know type thing and also um, Nebula who's played by Karen Gillian she is also meant to be joining the film as well the new Thor film I would have thought that was a given though considering how the Avengers uh, Endgame ended so did I because when I read that I was like because I suppose, is this news? Like, I kind of mm. assumed, you know, myself. But, you know, apparently uh, it was a big secret. But these uh, Marvel folk can't keep their mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> and nor and can we. we. <laughs> <laughs> and we love them for it. <laughs> exactly. Um, and for all you Borat fans out there, there is going to be no more. Um, apparently, he only brought... Um, uh, him back because of Donald Trump and he said he feels like because obviously he's done it he doesn't need to do it anymore um, I haven't seen the second one um, I've but, got a confession to make have you seen the first one? no I've, I, I know I know what it's fame like the famous bits out of it but no I haven't oh yeah no I um, I did I find his um, I find his stuff quite hard to watch because it's got that kind of cringe factor yeah and you know so you know because i i heard in the second one he does something with rudy giuliani doesn't he um right yeah and uh yeah i just i just can't i can't um but i do like him but i have to really psych myself up to watch him you know but, I think, um, yeah, he, he is a person, Sasha Baron Carolyn, and as an actor, he's great. But, um, yeah, like you said, I, I find those things quite awkward to watch. Yeah. Um, and I get the messaging behind them, and I think it's really interesting. But, yeah, I have to be, like, so in there. But, well, no, I, I just find them uncomfortable. <laughs> well, I like, I do like about him that he just, he just doesn't give a shit. Like, oh. he's, you know, he sometimes does and says the things that you want someone to do and say. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you're like going, oh, no, he didn't. Did he? Did he just do that? You know, this type of thing. <laughs> yeah. So. um, So, yeah. And I like the fact that I don't know anything about him. He doesn't really. Put, yeah. He doesn't really put himself out there a lot. You know, um, I remember when he used to do interviews back in the day, he'd come on as like Ali G. Yeah. You know, I've seen. He does, he's a bit more out there now, I think. Yeah. But you like I, I you don't like like your other big time actors. You would know, you know, you'd see a lot more of them. But with him, you don't really mm. see as much. Um, and also for all you Monty Python fans out there, we're getting another film. Paramount have brought the rights to Spamalot and uh, they're making a movie. Eric Idol's writing the screenplay. And uh, yeah, so that's like Python started back in like the 60s, 69, writing in 64. Um, like, and that's like, an... dead. sorry? What, no, what I don't, th- I don't think they're like in it. 
you know mm-hmm. i didn't say anything about them being in it but um i didn't I'll... say anything about them being in it did i <laughs> <laughs> no but what i think so is because spamalot is like an adaptation of the holy grail yeah like i'd be interested to see what they're going to do with it mm. it's been on stage for years isn't it yeah yeah and the original choreographer he's actually going to direct it and Idol's going to be one of the producers. So it'd be really interesting to see. But they've been around for so long. Two of mm. them are, are dead now. Was it um, uh, Chapman Jones. and Terry Jones? Yeah. Mm. Terry Jones only died last year. I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you watch oh, the interview with Michael Palin talking about it? It was just like the most heartbreaking thing. Oh, I don't know if I have. I must look that. Mm. I must have looked. Yeah. Um, and also. This is a TV thing related. Netflix are, you know, in these trying times, up in their prices. Yes, I noticed that. Which is always good to hear. But we do have some shows coming back early in the year. We've got Sex Education, season three. Dead to Me, season three, which I'm really looking forward to. And also Sex Education. Um, And that'll be back for its final series. That's Dead to Me. Um, Afterlife is also doing a season three, which is you know ricky gervais doesn't usually keep them going for too long so i'd say that this is probably the last one um, it's surprising that he's doing a season three because he's known for doing like two seasons and yeah it. yeah um yeah so i'd say that this probably is the last um you know he likes to go out on a high and also apparently according to david harbour stranger things will be out but it's been pushed back so we might not see that more probably until maybe the summer or the end of the year i thought they hadn't even started filming properly yet yeah but he, they said it should be next year, but who knows? They're all going to look like 18-year-olds. <laughs> I know. Like she, because she must be about 16 now, isn't she? Yeah, I think she is, yeah. Yeah, so they're all, and I think I seen one of them was like 18, um, Finn Whittock or something. I think his birthday popped up and he was 18. So yeah, so Wolf be interested. Wolfhard. Oh, Whittock, he's, he's from American Horror Story. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So that's all I have for you this week. Some good news, I think. Yeah. But, uh, you know, speaking of things to watch, what have you been watching lately? Mm, Yeah, over Christmas I didn't actually watch... I don't feel like I watched that much um, new stuff any by, by any means anyway but i you know had to do the harry potter stuff but <laughs> much to alex annoyance i watched the last four but backwards and i yeah but you can I, do that with harry potter that's what i thought i do that with a lot of like franchises um and i don't see a problem with it but he was just like you weirdo and so i i, I don't i don't but the reason i what like i enjoyed watching it backwards because i i decided to watch the last one because i was just like, oh, put the last one on feel like it you know i was in the mood for that hmm. that story but it, you know because th- that darker element and then you watch the one previously because you're like well how did they come to the conclusion in the end oh i watched that one and then it just kept like going that way but he just didn't understand that so <laughs> <laughs> well. well what about you um, I watched a film called Kiss the Girls, oh, yeah. which is a film I love and I've watched it over and over again. I'm going to do it for my podcast. Is that the, is that the one with Corsica from, is it, is it called Corsica from, um, no, he's in a film called Corsica. Uh, the dude from the Robin Car- the Prince of Thieves. Carriules, oh, Els or however you pronounce his name. E- oh, oh no then. Yeah. Oh no, the spider thingy I'm thinking of, sorry. All right. Yeah. Cause, um. Yeah, because it's got along came a spider. Are you thinking of that one? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, so I, I I watched that. I love that film. I just it's just obviously got everything I enjoy. Serial killers. Your nostrils just really <laughs> flared. That really is dark. <laughs> everything um, I enjoy, nostril flare. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's just a good, really good film, and it's one I can go back to. Good few times. Cool. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> Um, yeah, I've, I've watched the majority. I've still got a few episodes to go of um, the, the last season of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And I think it's, as the hashtag for this show says, which is chaos, that that's apt, an apt description of it. Because it is very chaotic. Um, and it's easy to get lost in and not understand what's going on. But I have to say, despite not massively enjoying the storyline, 
I still enjoy the visual element of this show. I think yeah. the production of it's fabulous. Mm. And so I've just kept going. And I actually feel a little bit sad that there won't be any more. Not because I love it, but because... Oh, is this the last season? It's the last season, yeah. Oh, okay. But, well, unless, you know, they do a, a you know, the usual, oh, we'll bring it back yeah. or something. But I don't think they will for this. But I have enjoyed it, so farewell. Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Well, I tried to watch season three of that. Season three is the worst. Okay, because I was just like into the first episode and I didn't even get through it. Yeah, season three is not very good at all, but um, season four is not too bad. It brings it back a bit. Okay, because it's very teenagery. season three. I know, but you do get the introduction of Caliban, who is like a younger Chris Hemsworth. Oh, okay, I'll watch. <laughs> what about you? Um, it's because I wanted some beauty and brightness and loveliness in my life. Um, I started watching RuPaul's Drag Race again, so watching season five of that, so then I can then listen to the podcast that talks Isn't about there it. A new season starting tonight. There's loads, but I've got I'm so behind with them all. Um, but one episode, I'm only one episode in, um, and they're a bitchy lot. It's quite interesting. <laughs> yeah, I just I just I just really enjoy watching it. You know, I do I do keep meaning that like, like that's on my watch list. I should get into that. They're so talented. I love it. Um, what about you? I watched uh, Bad Boys for Life uh, with uh, Alec, and uh, is that yeah, like the fun. latest um, Bad Boys film or something? Yeah, it's the third in the franchise. And Did they actually old... call it Bad Boys for Life? I think that's what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's that's their saying in it. Oh, so I know, it's... but <laughs> yeah. and it was crap. I'm not going to lie, but um, yeah, I enjoyed um, the character of Marcus. I can't remember the actor's name, but um, he was funny. Martin Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know why, but when he put his glasses on towards the end, I was just like, yeah, I'm down with this character. <laughs> I don't know why. I'd say I found Will Smith really irritating in it. And I know, hmm. I think you're meant to, but at the same time, I was just like, I don't know. I found him really annoying. But yeah. Hmm. So that's that. You? <gasps> I'm so excited about this one. I watched season three. I did it in two days of Cobra Kai. <laughs> Wow. It was f- fucking brilliant. I mean, if you want a nostalgia overload, I mean, I've literally, this, yeah. oh my God. I'm not going to say anything about it because if you haven't seen it and you're a fan of the show, then I don't want to ruin it for you because there are times when people were popping up and I was literally like, oh my God. Like, I was just, it was just brilliant. It's such a good show. Like, um, and they're going to do a season four. I think they're signed on for a couple of seasons actually, but it's just a really good show. You know, mm. it brings back everything, especially if you kind of grew up in the 80s. Yeah. It's just like, you know, because this was my, my time for a film. And it's just amazing. And plus, the guy who plays Johnny Lawrence, um, William Zabka, I think his name is, is fucking hot, man. We're saying that a lot today. <laughs> is he the main guy, the blonde guy? He's he the was blonde bit, one, yeah. Yeah, he, was... he, he is a bit hunky. For a... In that rough and ready type way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hunky. Yeah. Who, who, where the fuck does that work? Was he hunky? It's like saying Jennifer Saunders would say. He's hunky. I'm, I'm bringing it back. Hunky. Yeah. I'm bringing hunky back. Um, yeah. So I would, you know. Anyway, uh, what about you? Any any others? I'm sure there are. Um, but <laughs> would you care to share them with us? Yeah, they obviously weren't worth remembering. So I and there was one which I want to talk about, but we're actually going to talk about that for our next episode. So Okay. I'll, I'll ah. Um I have watched a fair few episodes of This Canadian Lad on YouTube. Now this mm. dude is really uh interesting because he and I don't know where he gets the time, but he's obviously making a career out of it. It's a fair play. Um he watches movies at like uh, a, a slower speed so he can pick up details in it and then tell us about it and I really find it really addictive so <laughs> he uh, I'd watch his episodes on uh, John Wick because you'll find like some really interesting details that they include in that and because of this like it makes me respect the John Wick trilogy even more yeah yeah so I recommend watching those three oh, episodes that's interesting yeah, yeah it is yeah <laughs> you uh, my last one I finally got around to watching Doctor Sleep oh good yeah it was I still haven't watched it myself but it's weird I um, I have to say I find I do want to watch this because I, I find the idea of is it Rose the Hat yeah 
I think she sounds intriguing. She, she is, but she's also like disgustingly horrible in it. I hated her. Yeah, but, I don't. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, but like you know, I mean, the last ending, the ending of it was amazing, um, but it kind of took me about half an hour to get into it. So it's a stick with it type film. Mm. There's one scene in it that nearly made me turn it off. Like I was near, I was, I was going to turn it off. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, but I just kind of, I, I don't know why I stuck with it, but it, it was the most horrifying scene I think I've seen in a film in a long time. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, it was, it was fucking fucked up, man. Isn't I couldn't believe Mike... they showed it. Oh. Yeah. Isn't it Mike Flanagan, the guy who did um, The House on Haunted I don't, Hill? I don't know it? who directed it. I think it was. But, um, yeah, no, there's one scene. I'll just say, so when you watch it, the boy, the young boy, he's about 13. And when that scene comes up... If you don't watch that scene and be like horrified, then then you need to check yourself because it's oh, wreck yourself. No, honestly, it was like fucking. It was so realistic, you know. And that one scene, it just I hate thinking about it because it just it's just fucking horrible, I mean, man. Well, you're going on about it a lot. I, mean, I know, just... I know. <laughs> but yeah, so I might cover that in my podcast, <laughs> but leave out that bit. We'll just scooch on past that. But yeah, so that's what I've um what I've been watching. What would you recommend out of yours? Hmm. Harry Potter always <laughs> of course of course you Cobra Kai mm, I've heard lots of recommendations for that I think I need to watch the first the original movies before I can really get into that because I got about two episodes in and I was like this is fun but I don't I think this is very like it, it I, the references just got lost on me so it didn't like yeah that. yeah I remember yeah you, one and two if you watched Karate Kid one and two yeah. Then you'll be set up for it. Yeah. Yeah. And not the Jada Pink, not, uh, not Jada, uh, Jaden Pinkett Smith ones. Oh, no, don't worry about any of those. It's just one and two. You know? The originals. The originals, yeah. But that's it, yeah. All right, all right. Oh, I have to say, it's not a film recommendation, but it's a podcast recommendation. Hmm. I listened to Mark Maron's episode with Matthew McConaughey. Hmm. And oh, my God, that man is so interesting. What, Matthew McConaughey? Yeah, yeah, he's just so. You just, I mean, they, um, Mount Marin calls him out as like, are you, you know, so many bullshits a lot, and he's just like, yeah, I know, you know, it could come across that way, but I just speak my truth, man, or however he speaks, and he's just, it's, it's sort of like jaw-droppingly honest and also like horrific but like not horrific because he doesn't see it as horrific i have really recommend listening to that hmm. okay so yeah. yeah i saw you listen to that yeah okay okay should we move on to the main event we shall the lovely <laughs> upbeat bright film that is seven <laughs> as you picked this one you can do the synopsis the few little lines I wrote. Um, it's directed by David Fincher and was released in 1995. It stars Morgan Freeman as Detective Somerset and Brad Pitt as Detective Mills. Both are chasing a mysterious serial killer who kills by turning the sin against the sinner. There are seven, <laughs> there are seven deadly sins and they are pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, wrath and sloth. And chaos ensues. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so what I wanted to ask first before we start um, is out of all the sins you see, which one shocks you the most? Like which so, one has the biggest impact? Well, yeah, as always, spoilers ahead. Uh, sloth for sure. I remember um, watching this the first time and you like being so fucking shocked and scared when he just like is actually alive and goes, <gasps> and it's like, oh my God. <laughs> what about you? Lust. Which one was lust? When he sticks that knife. Oh yeah, that's a close one. Yeah. Strap on. Yeah, that's horrific. And the guy is just like fucking freaking yeah. out as he's telling. Yeah. Yeah, I'll talk about yeah. that later because I found out a few things. But yeah, that was just like 
I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> Too bad. Um, yeah, no, I know. I know this was uh, a pretty dark thing. And to be honest with you, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, my God, I forgot how dark this film was. <laughs> I know when you said it. When you text me, I can't, I can't. I think I looked at it. It was just like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, it was really dark. Um, but one thing I like starting straight at the intro, and I never noticed this before. If I did, I didn't remember noticing it. Mm. But um, the the actual story it tells in the, you know, with the fingernails and all that kind of stuff, it's kind of giving you a bit of the story already. It gives you already. everything. It gives yeah. you everything. Yeah, and um, obviously it's the Nine Inch Nails song "Closer," which is great. Um, but I was like, so. ah, now I can see where uh, Carl Cooper who uh does the he does the the sequence the the opening credits and i mm. when i was watching it, i was like oh my god this is basically american horror story oh did he yeah. make those and he did because first ah. of all i was like oh now i can see where you know murphy gets his thing from his inspiration from and stuff like that and then i was like oh no but he did it like he did like braveheart mission impossible and of course american horror story so it's like that kind of like i don't know how it's described but the way it goes it clips from like cuts from like scene to scene really quickly in that kind of shaky writing that's not you know you can't always see it and that noise that it kind of makes you know the the noise in america and that was what that was and i was like oh yeah that's definitely where he gets it from i have to be brutally honest i don't like the opening sequence oh i, I actually think it's um i I know it's meant to like take you into the psychosis of the killer and it, like you say mm. once you've seen the film you understand what's being told to you in the opening thing but it like and I suppose it's just uh, because of like how it influenced TV afterwards but this feels really TV to me oh really yeah but then um, when you think about it I suppose Fincher took influence from you know directors like you know Hitchcock, who did funky credits at the beginning of, mm. you know, opening sequences to the beginning of his movies. But yeah, just it just and I and like I said, I think it's because it's um, victim to things that came after it. But it feels really like TV to me. Like it feels like a TV opening sequence, not a movie opening sequence. And I would rather have just gone straight into the movie than having all this fed to me. Do you think he kind of does it like that because he was like a music director? Because it's very different to what we're used to seeing. Like, I, I'm, I'm sure there's films that kind of do this, but off the top of my head, I couldn't think of any. But then he was like a big time music director because it was very well, kind of, you know, hip and different and all that kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I imagine at the time it was like really interesting. And, you know, um, it also, I don't want to use this word, but it kind of feels that way to me. It feels kind of juvenile now. Okay. Like, feels a bit like... And I suppose he was at the time. This is his second movie. It kind of yeah. feels like I'm going to come in and make this. I don't know. It just feels a bit. Yeah. I don't know. But it's like probably said, good for the time, maybe. Yeah, and like it obviously heavily influenced stuff after it. Um, and I do think it was probably influenced like the crime and psychological mm. thriller filmmakers like Hitchcock and stuff who did it and like Vertigo and all that sort of shit. But yeah, it just didn't work for me. As soon as that started up, I was just like. Oh no, and I know that's such a bitchy thing to say, but I'm just going to be honest. But did you? In. When did you first watch this film? I watched it years ago. Um, so did you think like that years ago? Not that I can remember. Yeah, that's funny, isn't it? Because you kind of see things a bit, obviously, a bit differently, don't you? As you get older. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. <laughs> so one thing I did really, really like about this movie is is the moody scene setting. I think mm. um, Finch's sort of, is it maison scene, that mm. thing? Maison scene. Maison scene, yeah. He's so good at that. Yeah. And it puts you you right into it from, from the get-go. You're in this sort of neo-noir, sort of old thriller type movie, even though it seems like it's set in, like, 90s. <laughs> yeah. And, he, and you've got, you can just... Throughout the whole thing, you can just feel and st you can just feel like the sticky surfaces, the grimy like city. You can s you can smell the bad smells. You know what I mean? Like it's it just really puts you in it. And afterwards, 
I don't know about you, but I just felt like having a wash. I did. I've had two showers today and I never do <laughs> But I have to watch the movie. I was just like, I'm going to have a shower. <laughs> no, no, I get what you mean. I kind of felt like that too. For me, though, the person that did that was Mills, like Brad Pitt's character. Like Agreed. I find myself very much going along his his ride in it. His I hate to use this word, but his journey. I fucking hate using that word. Um, but Don't stop. <laughs> apart from when I'm talking about that um but yeah no I kind of like especially like you know when it kind of hit me that you know when they go to um the guy gluttony and he, he looks under the thing and he sees the bucket and all that kind of stuff mm. like you you kind of get, you almost make the same same like that that he does yeah, I know yeah. obviously it's a bit worse for him but you're you're kind of like the disgust is there you know, and you, you do, you feel it on you. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I kind of got mine through through him, you know. And that's what made me kind of, I kind of felt like I was in there with him. Oh, that's interesting. So you feel like throughout the movie you saw it from his point of view and rather than um, Somerset's. Yeah. Somerset? <laughs> All right, Detective Somerset, what's going on here then? <laughs> oh, another killing, I see. <laughs> Oh my god! I never thought we'd refer to art fans with this. <laughs> no luck catching them killers then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh my god, that's really tickled me. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's really interesting because I feel like the um the is it the MPV they call it or whatever I don't know. You know, the main protagonist yeah. is actually um. Morgan Freeman's character William Somerset than the Mills but if you feel the film through well I suppose you're right right but like right up until the last literally the last scene I suppose it is all about almost Mills really isn't it yeah because like he he's so emotional he's so hot-headed and he's kind of like um he he reacts to things sometimes how you kind of expect you would react whereas Somerset he's very calm about it or maybe that's experience obviously yeah and he's he's been around the block for um for so long but I just feel like like especially I, I suppose jumping ahead a bit here but like you know the whole scene where they nearly catch him yeah and he's running down that corridor and he's jumping over this that and the other like you know you've you I really felt like in those moments that I was, you know, because he just wouldn't let up, would he? Mm. He just keeps fucking going. And that's one thing I did like about him is he, you know, he he tries constantly. Like he might not, you know, his execution might not always be, really be good. But, you know, he really does try and he really gives a shit. But I just think sometimes his his temper gets in the way, which I think is something that, you know, people can probably relate to. Like in that situation, I sometimes think someone sets a bit too calm about it all. I always felt like I, thinking back on the movie, that I would sort of be the Brad Pitt of the situation. Hmm. And I think I would be in a couple of scenes. But I I do think Somerset's right in that he just like, he just works with his emotions. He's emotional. That's how he is. He just runs off his emotions hmm. the entire film. And at some points that did great on me. So I did see Somerset's point from a lot of it. And like... He was right in the end because David Mills shouldn't have run off after um, John Doe. He should have stayed because had John Doe decided not to kill him at that point, he'd be fucking dead. Mm. Oh, exactly. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's I think like what's great about these two guys is they're perfectly played off each other to make the movie what it is. Like, you've got the cynical, you know, wizened older detective who's on the verge of retirement you know versus this you know naive rookie guy who's idealistic about shit and that's I think that's one of the great things about the movie is that these two play off each other really well mm. oh I think that, yeah that they were they were a great pairing together um and I think you needed that you know but I think with with Mills it's like he's like if he's not like physically doing something his mouth is shouting off yeah. You know, there was a lot of this F this, F that. And, you know, he just, he couldn't keep anything in. 
No, you're right. Yeah. You know. But I think what's I, so I'm going to go deep. Down. Okay. And I thought about this earlier, and after I wrote it, I was just like, "Fuck, that's deep." <laughs> God, here we go. <laughs> but no, I I was thinking earlier about how they are the antithesis to each other. Mm. You've got you know Somerset who, like you say, controls his emotions. Who's 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 learnt his craft. Who's who's been damaged by the world, basically. Then you've got this versus Mills, who, like I said, is idealistic, thinks he can change the world. He, you know, is shoots off, runs with his emotions, blah, blah, blah. But at the end, who's the better off for it? Neither of them. And no. it's just so fucking soul-destroying. You're like... Yeah, there's no winner. This, there's no winner. No. And that's one of the really sad things about this movie. <laughs> yeah, there isn't. It's no, like... You don't ever get that satisfaction. Oh. You know? Yeah, it's always like, and as I've written here, the, like, it's right that the movie, at the end of the day, is a moral play, mm. morality play. It's like, like this whole thing between them, like who's who's right and who's wrong and who's the good one and who's the bad one and who should whose lead should you follow? Nobody's really, because the fall of man is due to his own actions, which is exactly what happens at the end when, you know, Mills is damned by all of his actions throughout the whole thing and even at the end when he chooses to shoot John Doe which you know I'd fucking do myself if I'm being perfectly mm. honest but he has then like damned himself doing that and you know and Somerset is still damned because he has let his job rule his life and ugh, it's just sad thanks for making me watch this movie <laughs> it is very sad um, what do you think of the whole reason behind what the killer why he's killing people like the whole missionary killer ridding the world of evil you know kind of made me so mad i genuinely was raging after watching this mate and writing my notes on it because all right we're gonna go i'm gonna go straight to the end of this so doe is all like in the car he's just like what i'm doing is right i'm you know I'm the innocent people they're not innocent blah 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 and then he says I can't remember the exact quote, but he's like, people like me will be remembered, I will be remembered and studied and blah, blah, blah. So it's all fucking vanity. He will think that, but it's not true. You know, there are actually, there are people out there that do idolise serial killers. You're going to get that. You can't step away from any of that. But most people, like myself, they read it because they want to understand it themselves, you know? That's why I read a lot of the stuff I read and go into a lot of stuff I read because I, I don't get why they do it, you know, and I still, I keep on trying to understand it, but it's not like I'm like going, oh yeah, can't wait to read this story about this man who's murdered all these people. Like, yeah, it's, it's not about that. Say. So like, you know, you have to step aside from the delusion of the killer. Mm. He's, he's away with the fairies, that one. Oh like, yeah, no, I, I don't. Yeah. Doubt so it. like and anything, what... yeah, but anything they say you do not take on board. So when a, when like when he sat in the back of the car with um, Brad Pitt and he's going and Brad's like, well, we, we were going to get you. He goes, oh, basically, oh, what were you doing? Biding your time. And like, because he gave himself up. So yeah. he was just taunting. A lot of, some killers, um, like they do it, they murder because of the way they were treated. And it's like, they're not doing it for notoriety. Some do it because they're just evil bastards. Others do it because they want the fame. You know, there's all a variety of reasons why people people kill. But you have killers, unfortunately, like him, who think that they're the shit. They're like, you know, everyone's going to think I'm amazing because of it. No, that's their delusion, you know. And you let them think what they want because they're mental and you're not going to get any different. I don't think he's wrong in think, in saying that, you know, yeah, I then, do feel, I do feel like paying, like I understand the studying of it for, you know, preventative reasons, but I do think paying attention to something does feed it. And that's what annoys me about that culture. No, I don't, I don't agree with that at all because A, they don't know who's looking at it and B, it's not like they're not getting what they think they're getting from it. Like, they're not getting, like, notoriety in the sense, like, oh, my God, look what he did. That's amazing, blah, blah, blah. People despise these people. They want them, you know, burned at the stake, you know? It's nothing to do with giving them what they want. These people don't know that you're reading about them, you know? Well, they probably do. They You do know that they they can easily look at, like... Well, I don't know about... I don't know. I don't 
no much about it, but I imagine they could see, easily see, you know, there's been films made about them. There's been articles written about them. There's been books written yeah, about them. Yeah, but these people are delusional. So their opinions of what they think you think of them is wrong. So mm. they've got it in their head what's going on, but that's not what's actually going on. But you can't change that, you know? So like, it's not about giving them into what they want. They, they're going to think what they want no matter what. If you went up and said to them, not one single person has read your book. Not one single person has listened to a podcast on you. They wouldn't believe that. Even if it was 100% true, they would yeah. not believe it. Because that's how their heads, that's how his head works. You know, that's what these people do. They think they're fucking, look at Manson for fuck's sake. He thought people worshipped him. But he thought everyone did. Some did. Mm. But do you know what I mean? So it's, it's not about giving them what they want. You're certainly not giving them what they want. And take it from someone who's been doing it for 30 years. I am not giving them what they fucking want. <laughs> but that's what made me mad about his character in particular. And it's probably well written in the fact that that just incensed me that he just had that, like, quality in him where he felt cocky enough to say that. And that, and it, it, like, it, it just angered He's a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, no, no. He murders people, you know, thinking that he's the, the shit and everyone's going to love him is the least of his fucking problems and the least of everyone else's problems, you know? Mm. It's, 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 he's, he's a fucking delusional moron, you know? Let him say what the fuck he wants. You know, he's the he's the bastard that's going to end up in jail or the chair. In that situation, because you said you felt, uh, I suppose, empathy towards uh, Nils throughout the whole thing. In that situation, in that car where he's saying all that stuff, who would you envisage yourself to be? Would you be Mills or Somerset? I, I would have been Somerset there because I wouldn't have given him the satisfaction. You know, Mills did like Mills is basically he's this guy that, you know, he has some evil in him as well, you know, through vengeance. You know, Somerset is the opposite way. But I am very much one of these people where if I know someone wants something out of me, certain people, not all people, <laughs> um, but someone like that, I wouldn't I wouldn't take the bait because I know that's what he wants. And that's what I mean by people like that. You just don't give them what they want, but they think they're getting it anyway. That's the thing. And there's nothing you can say to them that would make them think any different, you know? So it's just, you know, you just, you have to take that side, the bullshit, the bullshit of what they say, you have to take that out of the equation. Because otherwise you will think, fuck them, they think that, you know, of course he's a prick. He's a fucking serial killer. What are you expecting? (laughs) You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I think like the, the storyline aside like which i still think is still very good um what i really uh, like about not like uh, but i think it's done well is what i re- noticed this time was like there's no establishing shots there's no like widescreen panning down on this city blah 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 everything is kind of like the side of a building or a bit of a street or a bit of a car or or it's shot from like below when you're looking up so everything feels like it's like in, in like imposing on the characters like the walls are closing it's quite in. claustrophobic isn't it yeah yeah um and it just gets more and more and more intense until really weirdly you're drawn out into this huge open space and you kind of feel a bit lost i actually thought that that you know because obviously all the deaths are wrong um but you know we've we've grown attached to Tracy which is Gwyneth Paltrow's character so we like her we were invested in her we you know we know she's pregnant um and I I just think it was very weird that they chose such a a bright open beautiful space because that's the only time isn't it that you get to see anything that makes you actually want to be there not obviously because what's happening but the location is beautiful whereas everything else is seedy and dark and dirty and you just don't want to be there like I remember when I was there was one particular scene it was just simply in a car and they it was when Somerset got into a car near the beginning and just to go to the library I think it was and he just drove by this like apartment door or something and I was just like I can't believe people you know have to live in places like this you know um and then when we got to that I was like you know because she she was very sweet and pure and all this a nice girl wasn't she and I just thought that was a really you know um kind of um 
weird setting and kind of yeah took you back a bit but oh what are we doing here like you know yeah and it was um and so sunny and bright yeah I I thought that was um, an interesting place to do that particular it just you just made me think considering what we just argued about um and (laughs) and and that you feel like they're delusional it is interesting how we're in this dark dank wet um like situation throughout the most of the movie and then what i noticed watching it this time is you go into this light bright area and uh john doe is actually haloed by the sun behind him so like that gives like um well they think they're untouchable you know higher power so to speak it's almost like a visual metaphor for what he's feeling in himself Mm. like i am the freaking holy shizne and that's i think that's really clever actually well, he's doing God's work, isn't he? He's getting rid of all the all the scum in the world. It's so not though. He's such a vain. Oh, I know. Bastard. <laughs> I'm sure that's what that's why why people kill. Um, you know, Peter Sutcliffe killed prostitutes. Uh, Frank Joseph P. Franklin, like he was KKK. You know, ridding the world of you know black people and Jewish people and biracial people. They think they're doing a service when they're not. They're just sick fuckers who like killing people, but they're trying to you know explain it away. Yeah. You know? Like these people, because I think one of them was a child molester, wasn't he? The bed, the guy on the bed, wasn't he a child Slut. molester? Yeah. Was he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yes. and you know, and while these weren't, you know, particularly pleasant people, that you know, it's not for him to decide. It's you, you don't get to decide, you know. And no. he thought he was the person to do that, which I thought, um, I thought it's, it's an interesting take, but it's a fucking, you know, the guy's ludicrous. Hmm. You know, but um, no, I did I, that whole end scene, actually. And I think I liked how they brought the delivery van in that kind of like, obviously, the first time this time I knew what it was. But the first time seeing it, you're wondering what it is because they're like out in the arsenal of nowhere. And this van just like pulls up. I found it really scary. Yeah. And I, I like I didn't like the first time round. obviously, I didn't know that was it was one of those films where you would have never worked out what the ending was going to be, you know, kind of like the no. sixth sense type thing. Mm. Um, and you just wouldn't have got it in a million years. And when, you know, when he turned around and said as well about her being pregnant and you didn't know, and that was him again, getting the upper hand. And the thing was because of the problem with Mills was, and like, obviously, you know, the, the situation he was in, you can't really blame him, but kind of even in the car is Mills just gives him exactly what he wants so like what you said about how people remember me and you know basically i'm the fucking great one mills gave that to him because yeah he was right they didn't catch him he did you know give himself in he did yeah. do all these like these murders were you know they took a lot of work it's not like he just went up and shot someone in the head they were planned out i do find it interesting um and I can't tell if it's clever or or actually a flaw of the movie, but I, I read somewhere or saw, sorry, I, saw, I think I saw it on YouTube, that people actually think it's a flaw in the writing that he got caught essentially, but wasn't caught, you know. Like mm. They found out where he lived. They found his den of shitness and all that, um, that he could suddenly just turn it around to make such a grandiose master plan at the end. Like, because obviously his plans for envy and wrath must have been something else. And like, to just suddenly like, be like, oh, you know, two for one, horribly put, but for, you know, Paltrow. <laughs> you call me the sick one. <laughs> <laughs> Paltrow and the baby at the end. It just, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's great. It's fantastic. And he's obviously a clever fucker. But some people are like, you know, you turn that around real quick, aren't you? Uh, but I, I, I'm actually in the, the first po- the first group where I'm like, I think that was actually really clever. Horrible. Yeah, because but. I think, to be honest with you, the others, um, you know, took time. They took planning. Obviously, like, you know, with the lust one, he doesn't, you know, you don't walk around with that needed to be made. With the sloth one, it was like he was there for, what, a year or something and stuff like that. So the others took time. They took planning. He was going into someone's home, stuff like that. Whereas unfortunately with her find out where you live get yourself in there kill her head off you know send it to ups and pay someone to deliver it It wasn't a big plan it wasn't an elaborate elaborate plan like the rest of it it didn't take that much planning yeah the execution could have gone wrong but it didn't but the actual thing i don't think that they i, I don't really go with that because you know it wasn't a big 
thing like the rest of them you know it's such a gut punch i remember the first time you see it and you know it's just like it's just just horrific he's he, like you because i don't know about you but like throughout it you're like what is why is Gwyneth Paltrow in this like um why what's her involvement in this really like and then like because it just shows you that they're so in love throughout the whole thing and you know their childhood sweethearts blah blah, blah. and then just to have that just ripped away from him I remember mm. watching it the first time I don't know how old I was I think it was in my teens and you were just like oh it's just just horrible yeah and and like being Somerset in that situation like you know because I think originally he was written to not kill originally John to Doe, kill yeah, yeah to kill John Doe but I think the way it was and they fought for it to be that way wasn't mm. it? it is the right way for that film to end really yeah no I, I agree I, I think that whole end bit like when he's opening the box and he sees her and like when what he say which is a pr- like you know true John Doe has control you know because while he was a missionary killer i almost think he was a bit of a, a control killer as well um in that sense because he was very in control of the whole thing i have a geeky fact oh geek out oh am geek out <laughs> in the opening credits um you see d35 and c24 hmm. flash up now and again and i looked into that um and those are chess moves so it's the queen's gambit uh, where is it the queen's gambit declined and the bishop's opening mm. and both of those are very powerful chess pieces mm. so basically what uh, uh, dickhead Do- John Doe does is he gives himself up which is the queen's like gambit mm. or something like that and then he plays it so well and there's like hints to chess throughout the whole thing because Somerset's got his own chess board as well and, mm. um, and games like the basketball hoop uh, tie and everything throughout the games are a big thing in this anyway uh, Doe plays it so well he's playing this game of chess in his own head that he checkmates them both at the end and he fucking does Mm. like you think oh blah 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 but he's got them from every angle Um, just hit my mic yeah yeah no he does like he he, he, like I hate to say it but he's like he's an intelligent guy and he knows what he's doing I mean he's batshit crazy but um, like even that scene he goes um, was it he says to to Mills thing about how it'd be easy easier for you if if I was insane, you know? Because yeah. not obviously or while we look at um something like this and we think you must obviously be insane and out of your mind, they aren't. Some of them aren't like they're just people who like to kill and then they put their spin on it to justify it. Um, and I sometimes think if you're that smart to do what he did with everyone because it's so detailed like it took a lot of work tying all that up then you know you fucking knew what you were doing you know you can spin it how you want yeah apparently the end was so dark uh to test screenings that they were like you might have to change this a bit so that's when they added in the Hemingway quote just to sort of lighten the load a little bit but not that much (laughs) no it's so dark isn't it it really is even, even like, to see, even to watch, because sometimes I was kind of like looking at the screen, not fully seeing what was going on. No, it is. And um, apparently that's down, like I was looking into that. That's down to cinematographer Darius Konji. Yeah. And um, the, apparently there were loads of complaints, but I think it helps make the movie. So he... Um, oh, no, yeah. He did this, he made it all really dark by this process called bleach bypass. So where the silver in the film stock isn't removed so less light is caught when filming mm. um so when you apparently when you like look at their you know faces they're always sort of really interestingly lit and stuff and i think it's really effective mm. but yeah it is it is like <laughs> it's funny because like i'm not gonna lie i put this on earlier thinking oh, i'll do some sketching whilst i'm watching it and then it was just so dark and it was a bright day. So I was like, oh, I have to close the blinds a bit, you know. And I was like, nah, a bit, a bit more, a bit more. And then I was just like, I can't see what's going on. And I just didn't sketch at all. I just totally like focused <laughs> on the entire thing. <laughs> but hey, it made me do it. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I mean, I would watch it again. Like if Dev one night was like, I want to watch Seven, I would. I don't know if this would be his thing though. Um, but, you know, I'd, I'd be happy to do a couple of jolly ones. I think it's a great movie. I think it's really tight script. I think it's very well made. Um, but it did fall foul of... This viewing, like, did fall foul of 
what happens with sort of twist movies or like shocking ending movies that, that you you know what's coming so you kind of i kind of lost that yeah a bit so but also I, I yeah i don't think i'd watch it again for a while yeah considering how mad it made me and it caused a rift between us so <laughs> It's all right, you just insulted the hobby I've had for 30 years. What's the problem? <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll think of something. <laughs> you insult me all the time. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't tell you that I'm. you're giving serial killers and murderers what they want. No, you didn't. Because no. I, I don't. <laughs> I know, why do I? <laughs> it's not I like I ring you... up. Hey, hey, uh, Kemper, I'm just going to just gonna listen to a podcast, aren't you? <laughs> I'll let you know what I think. <laughs> but you are kind of doing that. I don't even know if he's alive. Yeah. Well, you, you've done you've done a podcast on him, haven't you? I don't know. No. no. Are you going to? Yeah. <laughs> but believe me, he's not going to hear it. Actually, he's not one of the kind of... I don't feel like he's one of the big-headed ones anyway. Bundy, now He would be a different one. He'd fucking lap it all up. I was going to say, like, what's his opinion on... Um extremely wicked or whatever that film was i haven't watched it but I bet ted, he's like, Bun- ted bundy yeah he's dead he's, he's like, dead i think he what 89 january 24th 1989 he was executed oh well i bet he'd probably be like oh no he would love me? it he like he he was so like um like i remember with him he because you know the way with like mindhunter how they talk to serial killers and all that kind of stuff but when bundy come along he was basically to stop getting executed he was like if you don't execute me then i can tell you more stuff and more stuff and more stuff like he represented himself in court and stuff like that so he what you described he was that Mm. he was that um Mm. um whereas i might be wrong but i don't feel like kemper was even though what he did was horrific but um but yeah he was definitely that but they, they they like to talk and they like to some of them think they're actually helping and all that kind of stuff it's quite weird um but yeah bundy no he's been dead for years <laughs> Sorry, actually i'm just gonna it. check was it actually that date because i if i know when ted bundy was executed to the date that's a bit sad hang on <laughs> um yeah january 24 <laughs> yeah but he's a big one everyone knows bundy okay yeah <laughs> Something that did really pull me out this movie is the fact that Dr. Cox from Scrubs is one of the policemen in it. Is, is, he? it, is, it, is it the SWAT team or whatever? When they go to the sloth and he leans over, he's just like, you got what you deserved. He's that guy and he's in the helicopter at the end and I'm like, that's Dr. Cox. Oh, was he in that? I didn't know he was in it. I didn't recognise that. Yeah. But... Also, we haven't talked about the fact that this is part of... I don't know if it started it. No, it didn't start it. Silence of the Lambs started it, didn't it? This whole crime, serial yeah. killer, psychological thriller. Yeah, because Lambs was 91s, yeah. yeah Kiss the Girls. You... I think Kiss the Girls was late. Yeah, you got the bone collector, you got... 97 um... was Kiss the Girls. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, there was actually. I, and I, I've seen them. Um, I've seen them. Uh, bone collector, that's the one with... Um, Denzel Washington, isn't it? And Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, you know me. I like the the psychological dark thriller type thing. Um, Pitt seemed to be on a roll at this point, I think. He was like a Hollywood... He was like a hunky guy, don't get me wrong. And I think with this movie, I think it's really interesting because his face gets fucked up. I know. And it's almost like <coughs> Finch is saying, you know... I don't care if he's the Hollywood tank, he's going to get fucked up and this can happen to any man. He makes him the everyman, which I think is quite... Well, yeah. everyman-ish, kind of. Yeah, because when he gets, you know, beaten up and stuff, he, I, I find it, like, how he's still going on with, like, he's a little bit patched up, but not fully patched up, and he's got blood all over his T-shirt and... You know, that actually happened... Not, not, not the face. Yeah, his arm. His arm, yeah. Yeah. He's, like, cut his tendons and stuff. Yeah. Um. So he was actually in that, which I thought was good. But he... Yeah. um. This movie was like a bit of a dark period for for Pitt, I think. He did like, he did interview before this, I think. And then he did this and then he did 12 Monkeys and then he did Fight Club. And they're all quite... Oh, God, yeah, they're all... Because they were all 90s, weren't they? All 90s and they're all quite dark. I think. Yeah. He's a good actor, though. 
He is good. I think you can tell he's a little bit... He's still great in it, but you can tell he's a little bit newbie in this bit. Yeah. I, there he's was, still amazing. Yeah, no, there was one... I can't remember what the line was, but I remember there was one line he did and I thought that's very, you know, yeah, new. You know, he didn't have the the kind of charisma of Freeman. You know, like Freeman just kind of... The words just kind of roll off of Freeman's tongue, whereas sometimes I felt like he was... I didn't feel like Morgan Freeman was acting at all. No. Whereas with Pitt, sometimes I felt like he was. Yeah, It was a conscious decision to say those words. Whereas I know yeah. it is for both of them, but obviously Freeman, you know. But then, you know, he's 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 been around a lot longer, you know. God, he did so much Brad Pitt up until then. But it was more like TV roles and stuff like that. And, mm. you know, yeah, Interview Vampire Legends of the Fall and stuff. Oh, 12 Monkeys. Yeah, that was a good one. Sleepers. That was another good one. Um, but yeah. I can't believe how young Fincher was when he made this movie. I know, and I can't believe that he only did Aliens 3 before it. I know. He did, like like you said, Movies, before, yeah. like the um, the music videos and stuff. He worked with some big people. Madonna. Madonna. He did Vogue, didn't he? And um, um, Patrick Swayze, Paula Abdul. Yeah. But he was 29 when he made this movie. I just think, bastard. <laughs> yeah. No, it's... Um, he's definitely got a style about him, I think. Yeah. You know, he, he's a. I think he's quite a perfectionist from, yeah, from what I've heard. But I, I think he's great. I do. Yeah, I do like his movies. I do too. But they're ones like you said. You kind of have to, you know, like I watched this last night and I did enjoy it. But at the same time, I was like, oh my god, you know, it's so dark. And I suppose you know, not going to go into it, but in light of what has happened over the past few days in America and stuff, I was just like, oh, this is so, you know what I mean? Um, but it's a really good film. But yeah, like you said, I, I don't know if I'd watch it again for a while because there's so many other things I want to watch anyway. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. In terms of yeah, like you say, like in terms of what it's trying to say, like basically like we fucked up the world but it's full of fucked up people <laughs> isn't a nice message and yeah it can easily put you in a funk but i think i did actually even though i won't watch it because of the, the storyline um for a while i think i did come away from it like fully appreciating the filmmaking side mm. of it um do you know so. one thing actually i'd add um like we're saying throughout the whole thing like there's no you don't get a rest from how evil everyone is and there was one little yeah. thing in it that i thought you know when morgan freeman goes to uh, somerset goes to their house for dinner yeah and it's a lovely little set and i thought oh this is nice they're all getting to know each other and then the room starts shaking because of the train and she they, looks so sad she does look so sad but when she turns around and says um it explains why the landlord only brought us here at certain times and even then i thought to myself we're having this lovely scene, this lovely dinner, getting to know each other, and they're in an apartment that they've been fucked over with. Someone's done something wrong to them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Didn't give them the choice of whether to live there or not, thinking, you know. And I just thought, it's just, it, it just never stops. The whole thing is just fucking how, you know, shit people are. <laughs> I know, yeah. You know? I think probably Tracy uh, is the only you know shining light in this whole thing and then look what happens to her she didn't deserve what happened to her you know what i mean yeah and on that note <laughs> enjoy your day <laughs> oh i read and i don't know if this is right sorry just to I'll I'll cut add. this bit out <laughs> or add yeah that um what's his chops um somerset is seven days from retirement and yeah he is yeah uh, Mills is seven days into the job. Then why did he keep saying, I've done this before? Because you know when he was kind of acting as though you're not ready and stuff like that, and he was like, I've done things before or done cases before? I don't know. But I really want him to iron his shirts. Oh. So. And on that note, <laughs> forget all the murder and the death. I wish you'd just iron his fucking shirt. <laughs> <laughs> all right then. So that was seven. <laughs> so what joyous films are you going to be watching next harry 
<laughs> um, so I don't know about new releases really. I don't know what's going to happen with cinemas and etc. or live stream, uh, um, uh, you know, pay to stream etc. Yeah. But um, I am looking so ahead. I'm going to sort of talk about 2021 as a general thing because it's all ahead of us. So I'm looking forward to seeing Netflix, Malcolm and Marie. Mm. Do June, uh, No Time to Die, the Suicide Squad, all that. And uh, TV wise, I'm going to go and watch uh, season two of The Discovery of Witches, which has just dropped. And I'm going to pay for Disney Plus, and I'm so looking forward to watching WandaVision and Loki. Yeah, oh, I want to watch um, Loki. That's one. I've only got two down um, Loki and The Marksman, the Liam Neeson film. Oh, I've not heard about that. Yeah, I want to watch that. So, uh, but what's it about? It sounds, it sounds very Liam Neeson. Um, you know, taken Liam Neeson, you know, right. that type of Liam Neeson. Um, so, yeah, I've only got those, but I'm sure other things that pop up. I'm trying to find um, a good TV show because I finished, um, what was that one I watched? The Stephen King Castle Rock. Um, so, I want to get a good TV show in. Good story. What are you in the mood for? I want a thriller you know hmm. so i'm gonna have a look at that i'd love a good thriller i really enjoy castle rock actually um so yeah i want something you know like that i heard the, the man in the high castle is good i haven't watched it myself but all right i'll have a look at that then i'll have a look into it but yeah i need something cool cool yeah um as always you can find us on instagram and facebook as show me the podcast on twitter as smtpcast and harry where can we find you uh, I am on Instagram and Twitter and WordPress as Tales of Peck. And also you can follow me and my artistic ventures as peck.art on Instagram. Lorraine? And, yeah, you can find me on my other podcast as Once Upon a Nightmare podcast on Instagram, A Nightmare Pod on Twitter, and Once Upon a Nightmare on Facebook. And um, yeah, that's that's it. And cool. uh, don't forget to rate and review on iTunes. We'd appreciate that. And uh, we will chat to you soon with a more light-hearted, upbeat film because Harry's picking it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. I just thought we should balance things out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are. <laughs> okay. Have a new year and goodbye. Okay, bye. Bye.